Hello, and welcome to the Let's Talk ID podcast. I'm Carlos Del Rio, the president of IDSA. With me today are Dr. Adarsh Bimrash of Houston Methodist Hospital and Dr. Heather Yoon with Brook Army Medical Center. Dr. Bimbrash served as the IDSA chair for ID Week 2022, and Dr. Yoon served as the IDSA vice chair. They're joining me today for a recap of ID Week. Welcome, doctors. Thank you, Dr. Del Rio. Thank you. It's great to be here. Let's talk about having the meeting in person again after three years of holding it virtually. For me, it was, you know, really amazing. It was incredible to see everybody, the excitement, the joy people have of seeing each other, of attending the sessions, the side discussions, the callway conversations. So a lot of things happen. Adarsh, why was it so important for us to have ID Week 2022 in person? COVID-19 has changed everything for a lot of us and including me, I think, Despite that, we did two virtual ID weeks in uh, 2021 and 22. There were certain advantages for that, but I think it, and I, for lack of a better word, I said it kind of missed the human touch. I think coming back in person, seeing colleagues uh, we haven't seen in such a long time, it was elating. Again, for me, I think that was necessary. Virtual meetings can't capture that. And second thing is, I think there are certain sessions like the opening plenary, we had a play, I think uh, there was music. I think it was almost theatrical. There was a sense of making, I almost had chills, like being in the crowd and looking around and say, these are my brothers and sisters in arm. We fought this pandemic distantly and now I am there together. The sense of seeing others, the sense of community. Uh, for me, you can't quite capture that in a virtual meeting. And uh, that's what I loved about meeting in person. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Now, Heather, what would you say was the overall vibe of the meeting? What stood out for you? It boils down for me to two words that we don't always put together, energy and tenderness. Looking around uh, the vibe of the meeting, there was so much energy there that was created by reconnections and connections and, and really discovery. I mean, we have an entire generation of junior faculty who were trainees for their entire fellowship, who have never been to an in-person ID week before, who had never maybe even met anybody outside of their own training institution or their own city in the field. There was a lot of energy, I think, created by that sense of discovery and revelation, realizing what possibilities are out there beyond their own horizons. And then the tenderness, really, as Adarsh put it, related to having gone through something together, something traumatic, really. And we've had a lot of conversations with each other, of course, during the virtual meetings in the last two years. But there's something additional to be able to look each other in the eyes in person and, and give each other a handshake or a hug and decompress together over a glass of wine in the evening that really just added to the, the smorgasbord of content that was there. So energy and tenderness for me is what I felt. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you, with all of you more. It was really incredible. And virtual was great. It allowed us to continue having communication during during the, the peak and the height of the pandemic. But but there's an, it's not a substitute for in-person meeting. And I think that's pretty clear to all of us is that in-person still beats, beats Zoom hands down. It's nice if you're able to join a session if you have to by Zoom. But at the end of the day, you, w you want to be part of the whole experience. And I think IDSA and ID Week really brought the whole experience to all of us. 
Adarsh, anything in particular that, you know, that you would like to say about why this in-person meeting was, what was unique about ID Week, not only in person, but the 2022 version of ID Week? What struck me is somebody on Twitter said ID Week is like Comic-Con for ID geeks. They said, Wells, can you see Anthony Fauci on stage, talk and rile up the crowd? That's what's great about being an ID. Wells, can you have an event like ID Bug Bowl where you're cheering on your teams in person, rushing to answer trivia so that you get a prize? And Wells, do you have opportunities like Bug Hub where people were able to get together and talk about like, how do we deal with the pandemic? Again, the geekier side of ID, some people did stand-up comedy, some people wrote comic strips, some people talked about how giving a TED talk was useful in convincing their hospital staff. It certainly felt like Comic-Con for uh, ID geeks in addition to being a conference. So there was science, there was collaboration, there were some presentations. I'd like to get your thoughts on the studies presented at the meeting. What was the most interesting studies uh, to you in particular? Heather, let's start with you. Boy, it's, it's tough to pick favorites, but there were a number of them that I, I thought were pretty eye-opening, and some of these have been already summarized in a journal watch or another interview, but there was one study that was really a review of the impact of varicella immunization over the decades in the United States. And we've spent a lot of time in the last few years focusing on what's gone wrong with various public health interventions. But this was one that I thought was really a highlight of some things that have gone incredibly right with public health interventions. There was another that was presented looking at whether uh, outpatient ceftriaxone might be as effective as cefazolin or other staphylococcal penicillins for methicillin-susceptible staph aureus bacteremia. And it was associated with worse outcomes. Studies like that that have the ability to kind of immediately cause us to question what we're doing in practice are really high impact for everyone. And then there was another that evaluated what women know about PrEP, about pre-exposure prophylaxis for HIV, that really highlighted some equity issues in the demographics of people that talk about PrEP with clinicians because women seem to know about it but not to discuss it with clinicians. So anything like that that opens our eyes to areas in our practice where we have equity issues is always high value. Yes, I agree with you. I think there's, you know, there's a lot of studies that inform our practice or that reinforce the practice we have, but there are a lot of studies that really are practice changing. And I think there were several studies presenting at this meeting that are clearly practice changing. Adarsh, anything in particular that strikes you as, as important studies that we heard at the meeting? Now, Carlos, that is an extremely difficult question. I think there was a lot of good science and a lot of practice-changing sessions that were presented. I'm biased towards COVID-19, but I'm going to leave that to the last. In terms of novel antibacterials and novel antifungals, one study that stuck me is uh, the Brazilian study. It was a phase two study which looked at uh, liposomal amphetericin as a single dose. I know there have been other studies too, like cryptococcus in the past, where the paradigm is changing to can we give one dose that way we don't have to admit patients and again they're all logistical issues especially in countries like brazil and uh, africa and i think that was a great study because it has implications beyond just histoplasmosis i think leishmaniasis or any other fungal infections if you can treat with a single dose antifungal 
that'd be great. I know it has to be validated in future studies, which are phase three, uh, but I think that is a step in the right direction. And that is implications not just in the developing world, but even in the developed world. There were a lot of other novel uh, agents. One of the new session type scholars that was introduced uh, novel drugs in the pipeline. I think in ID, a lot of the drugs are drying up uh, either because we have resistant pathogens that are emerging or other issues. And I think it's critical for us to encourage studies on novel drugs. One of the drugs was SIR-109, which was a spore from Firmicutes uh, that was given to patients who were having recurrent C. diff. And not only did it decrease uh, relapses, but when they did genomic analysis, it reduced the antimicrobial resistant genes from emerging. And there are a lot of new drugs, like even phase three studies, like uh, ceftabiprol for staph aureus, bacteremias, that were presented. I think at least those are some of the new uh, novel. In terms of COVID-19, that's a topic that is dear to me because that's the data I keep looking. As much as I hate to admit, I guess the pandemic is still kind of smoldering. And honestly, we don't have a crystal ball which way it's going to go. And I think it's really important to continue the research we're doing on therapeutics. And two landmark platform trials, one was Active 6 which looked at outpatient treatments in mild to moderate disease. And the second was Active 1, which looked at therapeutics in hospitalized patients. Their data was presented. Active 6 showed that a lot of the agents that were popularly in use, especially ivermectin, inhaled fluticasone, and fluoxamine did not show to be effective. I think it's important to know what doesn't work as well. And I think Active 6 was a huge platform trial which actually showed those uh, results uh, at ID Week. And Active 1, on the other end, did show that anti inflammatory agents in severe critical disease, especially TNF alpha inhibitors like infliximab and uh, other inflammatory agents like abetacept, decreased mortality uh, in these populations. Uh, adding to the armamentarian of existing anti-inflammatory agents for treatment of severe and critical disease is important, especially if we uh, have future surges. I covered a lot, but there's a lot more great studies that were presented at ID Week, and I don't think we'll be able to do justice to everything in the podcast. One thing that I always I, I love and I, I like seeing, and it really shows you that that top science is being presented, is when the ivermectin you know, Active 6 study was presented literally minutes later, as soon as the presentation was over, the, the actual paper appeared in the JAMA website. So that really is, you know, a high impact study that it's, it's hitting the meeting, but at the same time, hitting a, a major journal and getting a lot of readership out there. And I think an important study, because as you know, uh, we've been talking about ivermectin and we've been saying it doesn't work, but having this study, I really think it was sort of the nail in the coffin of, of ivermectin. You know, the other thing that I think was was pretty unique in uh, in ID Week, you already mentioned the opening plenary, but but I really want to highlight the, the closing plenary because the closing plenary, you know, the, the pandemic as a portal looking toward the future with both uh, Tyson Bell and Michelle Morris, to me, was just an amazing session. And again, emphasizes why many of us are in ID, right? We It's about equity. It's about addressing health disparities. It's about making a difference. I left that session with so much uh, hope for our future and so much hope for the future of our field. You know, I also want to remind people, and again, you know, the closing plenary was was terrific. And many people, unfortunately, did not see it. A lot of people had already left the meeting. But I want to remind people that 
you can access the sessions online through the end of March. And even if you did not register to the meeting, you can still do so through November 30th. So I encourage you to really think about, you know, registering, going to the meeting virtually and, and looking at some of the sessions. Uh, I, my understanding is that also the, the opening plenary and the, on the, and the closing plenary will be made available uh, by IDSA uh, free of charge. And I, I would really encourage you to look at those two sessions. Let, let's, let's close by talking about why should people attend ID Week 2023? Adarsh, what are you looking most forward to next year? Carlos, I think if you have attended ID Week 2022, you already know why you have to attend uh, again ID Week 2023. I think the science is cutting edge. Like Carlos said, a lot of the data and studies that were presented were either immediately published or like an ACIP was deliberating on multiple RSV vaccines based on the data that was presented. It is packed with practice changing and impactful science. And we are constantly innovating. There are new types of sessions we are introducing. Uh, and of course, the social element. Where else would you get to meet people from Brazil, people from India, people from all across the United States, across different specialties and exchange ideas? The bonds that we build there, the friendships we meet there, and the collaborations we have will last for a long time. And again, I'm biased. Uh, I think it's been a transformative uh, experience for me. I'll find every excuse to go to in live ID Week every year, and I think 2023 will be amazing. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, Heather, how about you? One thing that I've been reflecting on is just what an enormous house ID really is. ID Week, year over year, becomes an even bigger house to house all of those different types of practice that are out there. I really think that there's something at ID Week for everyone. There, You can be a medical student and go to ID Week and have your mind blown session after session. You can be an academic ID physician who's doing primarily research and dig into that and session after session find the most cutting edge science that immediately relates to what you're doing. You can be a community ID physician out in practice, busy and really just needing the clinical updates in this era of just information saturation all the time. How do you find the most practice changing information that's the most current? And I could go on and on, hospital epidemiology, infection control, pediatrics, HIV medicine, pharmacy, advanced practice providers, and then, of course, the fellows in the medical education arena. For me, ID Week is always like this incredible all-you-can-eat all buffet of information and connection. And with the fact that, you know, this year it's already been pointed out, you can go back if you're registered and see everything that you missed. That makes it even more compelling for me as an experience of community, of connection, and of currency. Yeah, I look at, at ID Week as as where I meet my academic family and where I get together with my academic family. You know, it's really important for, for trainees because we have put a lot of effort into mentoring at ID Week. And I think the opportunity to get connected with mentors outside your institution, the opportunity to talk to them about career, the opportunity to, to get those connections that last a long time, I think are critically important. The other thing is, I always impress me how ID Week, you know, we find the way to get that last minute session of something that is just coming up that is important ID. And, you know, the program committee typically leaves the space. And this year it was monkeypox, right? We had a tremendous session, a great session on monkeypox that we talked about 
the epidemiology, what we know clinically, the treatment, the vaccines. And that session was really put out at the last minute, and yet it was one fantastic session. So the other thing about ID Week 2023 is we'll see what the new thing happens to be. What's the new emerging issue of infectious disease that we have to rapidly assemble a session together and put it there. So, so always something forward to look to at ID Week. I want to remind everybody that ID Week 2023 will be October 11th through 15th in Boston, Massachusetts. And again, we really look forward to seeing you all there. Well, Adarshan and Heather, thank you very much for joining me today. Any last thoughts, any last things you want to say? The best quote that encompasses the practice of ID is Heraclitus. He said, the river you see is not the river you step into. Not only is COVID-19 changing and we had to adapt with different treatments, but monkeypox and polio and all these things. Every ID week, we make sure that the latest epidemic or pandemic is covered, but also the latest treatment. If you want answers for everything, I highly recommend attending ID week. I had an absolute blast in ID week, and I highly encourage everybody to go into ID week. And I couldn't agree more. Thank you for this opportunity to talk about it and reflect on our experiences this year and look forward to next year. Well, thank you so much. And this has been a great session uh, talking to you, Adarsh and Heather. And I really look forward to seeing you next year at ID Week 2023, if not before.